Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast Show. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today we're going to be talking about bracing, lower extremity bracing specifically. And, uh, you know, to brace or not to brace a patient is the old uh, question that we always ask. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about my thoughts on prophylactic bracing putting the right brace on the right patient, and we're going to talk about some precautions, contraindications, and much more uh, regarding lower extremity bracing. Um, But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Oh, boy, do we have a lot for you on today's show. Um, we're going to be talking about bracing, and bracing can be somewhat controversial. Um, there are a lot of opinions about uh, bracing. There's a lot of research that has been done regarding bracing. But really, to be honest with you, in this department, I think experience is going to rule here. Um, so today we're going to focus a little bit more on lower extremity bracing, especially of the knee and ankle. And we'll be doing other episodes regarding the neck and back and uh, upper extremity bracing and that thing, that type of thing. But um, today we're going to be talking more specifically about the foot and ankle and the knee So, first of all, you need to ask yourself, what is the indication for a certain brace for a certain patient, all right? And there are really three indications out there. Number one is to immobilize, number two is to protect, and number three is to correct, all right? So, an example of each would be, uh, you know, immobilizing somebody after they've traumatically uh, had a knee injury, uh, maybe an ACL injury or something like that. You want to get them immobilized uh, and, uh, you know, get them to the emergency room and kind of protect that leg. So that would be uh, one form of, you know, indication for bracing. The other thing you want to do is protect. So if somebody's had like a chronic dislocation or even acute dislocation, you can put like a a lateral J brace or a, um, you know, some sort of brace that helps with patella alignment. 
to help keep it from re-dislocating. And then there are braces out there that help to correct, okay? So change the angle of the foot and ankle or change the angle of the knee, such as an offloader brace uh, for osteoarthritis. So we'll be talking about uh, these a little more specifically as we go on. But before we uh, continue, I want to talk about some considerations before you brace somebody, such as the precautions and contraindications. So One of the things I always look at, whenever I evaluate a lower extremity patient, I always check to make sure they don't have a DVT. And some of these braces require some strapping just above the calf to help prevent the brace from migrating down. So you want to make sure they don't have a DVT or they're not at high risk of DVT. You want to make sure that those straps around the upper calf are not too terribly tight uh, and that maybe you use materials that help to stick to the skin more so than use tightness to help hold the brace onto uh, the leg. The other thing you want to look at uh, would be, you know, is the patient diabetic? Are they at high risk of ulceration? Because too much friction in the lower extremity can certainly cause some skin breakdown and risk of infection and uh, everything else that uh, that go, comes along with infection. The other thing that I would warn you about is too much immobilization. All right. Uh, we see this happen way too often where people are seen maybe uh, in the emergency room, placed in an immobilizer, and then uh, they it takes a long time to get into the PCP, maybe for a follow-up. You may be a couple, two, three weeks, uh, and then they see the PCP. The PCP says, well, maybe you need to go to orthopedics, and then there are another couple weeks before getting into orthopedics. Then you're a month to six weeks in a knee immobilizer. And and in this time, developing significant amount of atrophy, loss of proprioception, all kinds of other issues. And we'll talk about immobilizers a little bit more in a bit. Um, But that's something to take into consideration for sure. You want to make sure that the patient has good circulation to the lower extremity. Uh, And you also want to make sure that they don't utilize the brace for this false sense of security, okay? That's not really why you want to brace somebody. You want to brace to help protect or immobilize or correct. So it's important that uh, they don't just become um, secure using this, all right? And comfort is everything. If the brace is not comfortable, the patient will not wear it. And then you lose the effect that you're trying to gain by wearing a brace, So what are some of the practical brace applications that I find helpful, uh, you know, in regards to lower extremity? And we're going to start with the foot and ankle and my favorite, which is the cam walker boot. Now, I'm very specific when it comes to cam walkers. I like them to have a built-in air bladder that helps to give compression at the same time because most of the time when you have some sort of a foot and ankle issue... Uh, and there's some swelling involved, it's it's great to get rid of the that swelling. And remember, the two, number one, the two ways to get rid of swelling are compression and elevation. So if you can't get that leg up in the air, then some form of compression is going to be helpful. Um, I use a cam walker boot for metatarsal fractures, acute plantar fasciitis, severe Achilles tendonitis, or even those, those partial Achilles tears will do well with a cam walker boot. Um, people with heel pain, posterior tibial tendonitis, and um, I've also used it with people who have had like uh, post uh, plantaris ruptures. And uh, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll use it for quite a few diagnoses out there, especially when I want somebody to relatively rest the foot and ankle, but still weight bear. 
such as an ankle sprain, we do know that it's very important to weight bear immediately after ankle sprains, and using a walker boot can be a great way to do that. Uh, so that's something that I use uh, quite often. So a little piece of advice when it comes to using cam walker boots, I always, always, always use a standard length walker boot. I never use the short um, walker boots that have the uh, short sides to them, they do not give enough stability. Even if it's a metatarsal issue, um, you know, post metatarsal fracture or something like that, I still use a full length walker boot. You need that extra length on the side of the boot to get the leverage that you need to support the ankle so that it doesn't move in the boot. I had a gentleman come in recently who had a bimalleolar fracture and was placed in a short walker boot and he had all kinds of ankle range of motion problems uh it was moving too much he was having this chronic swelling and they couldn't figure out why he was continuing to swell as soon as i put him into a full length walker boot and put uh, the uh, air compression in there he did significantly better within one day um, probably uh, helped him more than anything else that we had done with him so i'm a big advocate of using a full length walker boot um I'm big on compression to uh, control swelling, so you know it's important that you use a brace uh, or, or sleeves to help get rid of swelling throughout the lower extremity, and then with the swelling comes decreased proprioception. So you know I'm I like to use compression stockings. Uh, sometimes they make short ankle high uh, stockings, but I like a full length. Uh, you know, basically from the foot to the knee to help get rid of some of that swelling in the lower extremity. I also like to use lace-up braces, especially those with a figure eight strap for ankle support, especially when people want to return to sports and maybe they're not quite healed as well as they should be. Um, I used to, I, I like to use a lace-up brace with a figure eight strap. It gives us that extra support uh, and it's not too restrictive. You still can get some dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, but you can really control that medial and lateral ankle instability. And to be honest with you, I like to use a lace-up brace with a figure eight strap um, when I am treating patients with posterior tibial tendon issues, okay? So tendonitis, tendinopathy, when that arch is collapsing quite a bit and maybe um, they're not into a, a custom orthotic or an orthotic that's giving them enough medial support, I like to take that medial strap on that figure eight um, brace and pull that up and support the medial arch. And I have very, very good results with this. And if a patient is not a candidate for a walker boot, uh, sometimes I will put them into a lace-up brace with a figure eight strap and just pull that medial side up and give them that extra support. Now, there are a lot of people out there, and I see this quite often actually, who wear uh, lace-up braces prophylactically so they don't sprain their ankles. And if I remember right, I had come across a study that showed that you can actually increase your risk of ACL tears when you um, support the ankle too rigidly. So I don't like to use them prophylactically. I, I feel that, uh, you know, you lose proprioception if you're braced um, too much. And so uh, I'm a big advocate of using the brace only after an injury just to protect for a while, but ultimately um, get out of that, uh, that lace-up brace. So um, let's talk about the foot and ankle a little bit. There are little abductor splints and braces you can use for hallux valgus. I don't find those to be very helpful. You know, you can wear them at night, but um, really your foot and your hallux valgus 
really gets pushed into valgus when you're weight bearing and uh, that's very hard to overpower especially when you're in the terminal stance of your gait so uh, I'm not a big advocate of you know toe spacers and things like that I think if you put space between one toe um, you obstruct the other toes by pushing them over too far so uh, as, as far as that goes uh, I'm a big orthotic user I fit people with orthotics all the time that is uh, for another episode uh, and I think orthotics are very very, very important as far as uh, foot alignment goes. But um, let's let's move on now to knee bracing. And the question is, what are you trying to achieve with a knee brace? Oftentimes, we'll get referrals for patients for knee braces, but without a clear diagnosis. So they may have knee pain and they want them into a knee brace. Well, the first thing you need to look at is what are you trying to achieve here? Is it, um, are you trying to decrease the swelling? Are you trying to control and protect an area because of uh, a ligament injury possibly? So when it comes to swelling, I like to use compression sleeves. I find that uh, the longer they are, the better. I also like a sleeve to start mid-calf and not above the calf because sometimes you'll give that compression above the calf that causes a tourniquet effect um, below the the brace or below the compression sleeve. So um, I also try to avoid sleeves that pinch the popliteal space. Um, oftentimes if there isn't an opening in the back or the material isn't softened, then you'll get this pinching effect in the back and that can cause uh, irritation and, uh, you know, popliteal, uh, issues. And so I really try to avoid that. So comfort is the key when it comes to swelling control. Now let's talk a little bit about patellofemoral dysfunction. I've I treated tons and tons of patients with, um, patellofemoral disorders and, my thought on bracing these is that it is good to try to brace them, but I don't like to have them in it long term. So I always start these people with McConnell taping or uh, some sort of taping technique to try to hold the patella medially because they always seem to dislocate laterally or, or sublux laterally. And so I tape them, pull them medially, and I always do this. I always put them on, we use a shuttle cardiomuscular trainer, which is like a leg press machine, but you can do this standing up. The key is to do it consistently each time. So what I'll do is I will start them without taping, without a brace, and I'll put them on a leg press machine and I'll have them do a single-legged leg press 10 times. Then I will either do McConnell taping or use a um, patella stabilizing brace put that on them and then have them do exactly the same press for this exactly the same amount of repetitions. <clears throat> Excuse me. And see what they feel. Now, I always ask them, what do you feel? I don't tell them what they should be feeling. And most of the time, they'll say, you know what? I feel like I'm stronger while I'm pushing and or they'll say they have less pain. So if so, you know that the brace will be beneficial. So if you've taped them and they have good results with that, then I'll have them use a brace because they can brace themselves way easier than they can tape themselves. All right, so that's my little tidbit on patellofemoral dysfunction bracing. There's many of them out there. Um, I usually, we carry three in the clinic and I usually do the one that's most comfortable for the patient. There are some that don't work on a very large thigh. Um, there are some that work better when there's no hair on the leg um, and uh, the tape sticks better. So um, there are different options for braces, but but uh, again, uh, try uh, the one that works best and use the, uh, the squatting um, pre and post and see which one they like the best. So the other thing that you could do is um, use a collateral ligament stabilizing brace. So 
Typically, we see this mostly for MCL tears. Um, and, you know, when people tear their MCLs, they're not likely to have surgery. The outcomes are not great. But if they've um, torn their medial capsule, then that will open up that side and then you really need to do some stabilization surgically. But if they're not going to have a surgical stabilization and you just want to protect that MCL that has been partially torn, let's say, I like to use a double upright hinge brace. I like to put an extension stop in there of 25 to 30 degrees for about two to four weeks. Because remember, when your knee is fully extended, that is when your MCL becomes most taut and has tension on it. So I like to avoid that area a little bit and avoid that excessive extension. I also like this double hinge brace to have a sleeve in it because I feel that gives much more proprioceptive feedback, which is very important. Um, so... Next, let's talk about cruciate ligament bracing. Now, there's been a lot of research done on this. Um, my thought on this is that almost all ACL injuries have some sort of rotatory component. Okay, the tibia rotates externally and or the femur rotates internally to cause this guillotining effect that tears the ACL. And there's really no brace out there that can purely prevent rotation and I watched this I witnessed this firsthand where we had a young lady who was ACL deficient she had a brace on she did a movement in the clinic where she changed direction and the knee completely gave out while in this custom ACL stabilizing brace so my thought is that if you're going to be performing high speed activities such as basketball soccer uh, anything where you're changing directions really quickly uh, I, I think that those people have less of a chance of getting protection from these types of braces. Um, people who are doing construction work and that sort of thing where the activities are a little bit slower, they seem to have a little bit better effect using the braces um, because it gives them a little bit more protection. And there's also some psychological effect also when you wear a brace. So it may slow the uh, athlete down or slow the patient down a little bit, which can be helpful. So let's jump into corrective bracing, um, which I think that, you know, most oftentimes you'll see this used with uh, people who have medial joint line osteoarthritis, or on occasion you'll see somebody with an excessive valgus in the knee and they have excessive pressure to the lateral uh, joint line. But you can use an unloader brace to help uh, change the position of the leg so they're not loading that one side too much. Okay, so, but some of the things you need to remember before using an unloader brace is that the leg size um, has to be just right. Okay, you can't have somebody with a conical leg with a really big thigh and a small calf uh, try to use one of these braces just because they don't fit, they slide down, they don't stay in the right position. The also, the other thing you need to do is you need to try to manually correct the varus and the valgus deformity manually. Okay, now if you can correct that varus uh, posture and bring them into a nice straight leg alignment and do it without a lot of stress to the patient, then they may be a good candidate for an unloading brace, all right? The other thing to know about unloading braces or corrective braces is that typically when you change that alignment, they see immediate improvement. So I don't usually tell these people, you'll get used to this and it will get better in a couple of weeks, kind of like an orthotic. 
underneath the foot. Um, and so um, usually you put them into the unloader brace and within a day or two, they're going to know if it's going to help them or not. So it's pretty immediate. Um, so I, I like to use the corrective bracing, the, uh, the offloader bracing, but it has to be on the right patient with the right leg size. Okay. So Last thing I want to talk about in regards to bracing is the bloody knee immobilizer, all right? And this thing is good for one thing, and that is to take the patient from the field or from the court to the emergency room. That is just about the only time a knee immobilizer is utilized unless an orthopedic surgeon does a very specific procedure and wants zero motion in the knee and wants it fully immobilized, then that would be the only other time. But to be honest with you, immobilizers cause a significant amount of quad shutdown if they're used too long. Patients end up with hip pain, back pain because they cannot ambulate normally. It really throws their gait off. Oftentimes, they'll develop gastroxoleus pain because they're trying to propel themselves um, just with the foot and ankle. And uh, so they end up overusing the calf and that becomes sore. And they end up with some significant knee stiffness. I've seen people with end up with arthrofibrotic type problems because of this. So... Um, I see an immobilizer. The first thing I want to do is take it off. I want to check the patient out and I want to start to get them moving, especially uh, when there is a knee issue because knees can stiffen up and quads can shut down really, really quickly. So, uh, you know, immobilizers can certainly cause uh, reflex inhibition in the knee. So, wow, um, I just gave you a ton of information. I could spend all day talking about braces, but I hope that today you can take um, maybe a few tidbits about each type of brace and apply that um, to your clinical uh, skills so that when you see a patient with a certain problem, you know what type of brace to put on them. Or if they're even a candidate, there are many people out there that don't need braces. Um, and so you want to make sure that you get the right brace on the right person for the right problem. All right. So folks, um, check out our show notes today. I'm going to put in a video of a patient that I have with some uh, medial joint line osteoarthritis. We are going to be fitting him with a brace. We don't actually do it in the video, but we talk about the indications and how appropriate this gentleman is for an unloader brace. Um, also, I'll leave a link to our YouTube channel. In there, we have over 320 videos, lots of them regarding knees and foot and ankle. And so make sure you check those out. If you do, uh, please like them and subscribe to our channel so that you can get new content when it comes out. Um, also, if you're interested in donating to OrthoEvalPal, please go to our website. I'll put the link here in the show notes and uh, hit the heart button and uh, give us a donation. It would be very helpful. It does uh, require some equipment, a significant amount of time to uh, do these podcasts, which uh, I absolutely love doing and will continue doing. And uh, also, please make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, like, rate, and review our show, and uh, that would also uh, be helpful in our rankings. So again, folks, uh, sorry about the lengthy uh, podcast today, but I think we got a lot of good information out there, and please feel free to contact me at paul at orthoevalpal.com if you have any questions or you'd like me to do a particular podcast about a particular topic. So again, folks, thank you for listening. Um, greatly appreciate your time. Uh, and and if you have any questions, get in touch. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.